Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. I have Ray Pika here with me today on the Play-Based Learning Podcast. And we always have such good conversations. So I'm so excited oh. that you're here, Ray. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay. One of my favorite things to do is word association. So you, are you ready for some words? Oh, uh, you know, I'll try to engage the brain cells. <laughs> okay. I have two. So the first word that we're going to, I just, just whatever comes to mind is playtime. Playtime. Well, gosh, you know, you could do a whole dissertation on that. I know. That comes to mind is uh, the most valuable time for children. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I mean, that is it. Like, period. End of story. It yeah. is the most valuable time. Yeah. Okay. Now, talk to me about, here's another one. Um productivity <sighs> big sigh productivity <laughs> somehow productivity and achievement have come to be linked with even childhood and it drives me crazy me because too. we don't need children to be productive we need them to be children we do and that means they need playtime <laughs> Yes. 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 Because, because this idea that children have to be productive has taken hold, they don't have the playtime anymore. And it's kind of appalling. It is. How, okay. So I travel around and I speak to lots of different programs and I see lots of different programs. And I do, I do see that there are some amazing programs out there that are letting children play and they know the value of play. Um, I think the hardest thing, I think the hardest thing for early childhood educators is getting, uh, like teaching other people about play and getting them to believe it mm. because there's this belief that play is the fun after the work has been done. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that early childhood educators are. I mean, there's kind of a scramble, like they don't know what to do. They're stuck because parents are so busy. They don't have the time to like read all the things we send out about play-based learning and um, investigate things on their own to really, really understand what early childhood education and the learning and how the brain works in early childhood and and all of life. I mean, all people learn through play all of their life. Yeah. Really? Um, so like, do you have any 
Do you have any resources or any knowledge or anything that you could give to early childhood educators to help them help other people understand about play? Isn't it sad that we have to keep justifying play? Um, Yeah, it's very, very frustrating. So, I mean, that, that, the, my sadness is the reason that I wrote Spark a Revolution in Early Education, mm-hmm. speaking up for ourselves and the children, uh, because we do have to speak up. We have to speak up about play and we have to speak up about a lot of things, you know, just about the importance of early childhood education yeah. uh, and, and letting children be children. I mean, yeah. gosh. Why should we have to explain how important it is for children to be children? But it seems we do these days between all the misinformation that parents are getting. And, you know, bless them. They only want the best for their children, of course. Right. And they're they're doing their best, but they're getting so much misinformation. And social media isn't helping. And traditional media and the 24-hour news cycle isn't helping. So, you know, they're getting all that misinformation. And yeah, then yeah. we've got, you know, it goes way back to the 1980s where uh, a na- that report came out, A Nation at Risk. And it was all about how we're failing in education. And, huh. and, and, and that's when the push started. And it turned out that much of that was misguided and misinformation as I- well. I've actually oh. never heard about this report. What is this report? Oh, Who wrote it? Young and I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> it came out when I was born. Ah, well, yeah, A Nation at Risk. And I can't remember the subtitle, but it was, you know, um, I, I don't know if it was the Department of Education at the time, you know. Ooh, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, do. But, you know, it just started us spiraling toward no child left behind mm-hmm. and race to the top and all this nonsense. It, it, it said essentially that we were falling behind other countries in education and, and, and the way in which, <laughs> I mean, even if that were true, yeah. the way in which the, um, the policymakers decided to go about fixing it is, is all wrong. And it continues to be wrong. You know, the accountability, the testing, 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 the, you know, the, the push for academics earlier and earlier is just, uh, it's doing terrible things to early childhood education, to the early childhood education professionals, and especially to the children. It's having a significant, um, uh, what do I want to say? Effect, negative effect on them you know we've got depression we've got anxiety we've got children who are burnt out in kindergarten we've got children who love learning and get to school where they were all excited to go whether that's you know a childcare center or preschool or you know um kindergarten and then they find out it's not a very fun place to be after all so yeah that i don't even know if that answered your question because your question was such a long time ago (laughs) just asked about the I think it was about the nation at risk thing and where what that was all about so yeah yeah, I mean that's kind of where it started and so you know I've been around for over four decades in this field and most of the changes I've seen have not been good ones so um so yeah I was on a uh on a zoom 
doing a, a keynote, a virtual keynote, and we were talking afterwards, and I said something about uh, speaking up for ourselves and the children, and one of the participants said, there's your next book. And I got the tingles. And when I get the tingles, I know I have to do something about it. Oh my <laughs> so goodness. You know, spark a revolution is the result. And it like that person sparked that in you. Yes. Yes. Oh my we goodness. Never know where an idea is going to come from. Right. I love that about ideas and creativity. It's like confetti that floats around in the air and then all of a sudden it hits you. And Ooh. if you don't do something with it, it floats away to somebody else. So I'm glad you grabbed onto that one. I and... love that imagery. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Have you read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes, a while ago. Yes. yes. So I truly believe that the creativity is everywhere. It's just that you have to have an open mind to like let it sink in, right? Yes, absolutely. And when yeah. we tend to think of creativity as just belonging to those artsy types and it's you not. know creativity is part of life itself it's part of business and medicine and it is you know everything science technology and when I used to do presentations on creativity I would ask people to throw out some words that described it you know for them and then I would ask them to throw out some words that describe play and my goodness, wasn't it shocking how <laughs> I know Isn't that, that is so cool. I've like put that together in my brain before. And I've always wondered, does anybody else like see the connection between play and creativity? And it's like the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we talk about playing with ideas and yeah, yeah they, they absolutely. I mean, when we take away play from children, we are also taking away opportunities for them to you know, build their creativity yeah. and so many other things that they need in life. Yeah. I was at, um, I was in Texas a while ago speaking to a group of early childhood educators. And one of the things that kind of kept coming up over and over and over again was, um, well, the parents want this and the parents want yes. that and the parents this and the kindergarten teachers that they're going to go to want this. And I kind of was like, okay, well, what are you doing to like teach them about the thing that you're trying to teach them about? And they're like, well, nothing really. And I was like, well, you really need to like find some resources. And I actually gave them your website, Ray, oh, and raypika.com. And mm -hmm. I told them to, there's like so many good resources on Ray's website to be able to just like hand to parents and the whole time I was sitting there, I was like thinking something, there needs to be some sort of something for early childhood educators that helps them gather resources that they can then take and give to other people. What are you doing about that, Ray? Well, it's sad, isn't it, that they <laughs> saw that parents and the kindergarten teacher and blah, 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 we're all asking for things that they know are developmentally inappropriate. Yeah. And yet when you asked what they were doing about it, they said nothing. And it's it's not that they don't want to, it's that it probably never even occurs to them. And that's yes. very common. It's very yes. common. Uh, a, a colleague years ago said to me, for too long, teachers have been 
told to shut up and do their jobs and for too long they've complied. You know, we're, we're not the, um, as I say in the book, we're, we're not the warriors per se, you mm-hmm. know, ready to, to do battle. We, we're, we're the squishy ones, you know, <laughs> early childhood professionals are the huggers and the lovers, not the fighters you know, and, and all of that. So we don't think about um, being a champion which I think is a, a a less scary word maybe than being an advocate. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, yes, we need to provide parents with information and that can seem overwhelming, but there are easy ways to do it. You know, when we share articles with them and we don't want to inundate them because they're yeah. really busy. They are. If we give them too much, they won't, you know, they won't read it. Um, you know, we can sometimes we're afraid we'll come across as the know-it-alls, right? Yeah. So we can just say, oh, I came across this great article on play and I thought you'd like to read it too. Or we can post it on the the, the parent board outside the classroom mm-hmm. where they come to wait because people like to have things to read while they wait. Or, you know, nowadays there are all those apps. We can yes. include it in the weekly email or the monthly newsletter or whatever it is. But it doesn't always have to be articles. It can be, you know, Einstein's quote about play being the highest form of research. I mean, who's going to argue with Einstein? Exactly. Um, (laughs) Right? uh, We can include videos of photos of the children playing and caption it with, you know, help parents understand that, oh, I don't know, playing at the sand and water table is, is scientific knowledge or... Um, uh, you know, yeah. nothing is coming to mind right away. I always make those connections yes. when, when the children, when they're asked, why are you doing this stuff? Why are the children just playing? If we can, and I do hate justifying it, but if we can point to the content area, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, if it's something to do with, with emergent literacy and word comprehension, you know, mm-hmm. so the content areas, emergent literacy or language arts and word comprehension is, and if we can also address, like if an, an administrator is asking the, the standard that it is addressing, um, then, you know, they begin to see that it isn't, oh gosh, I hate this phrase, just Just play. play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, we're, I can't remember if it was Posse Salberg. I think it was Posse Salberg, in a, um, the co-author of Let the Children Play, which mm-hmm. is just a fabulous book. Um, in a summit, he said that it, he was so surprised when he got to this country. He's from Finland, where they mm-hmm. you know, do things really beautifully, um, that he, he said something like, if it moves, it has to be measured you know, in, in this country. And we're so intent on quantifying everything and you cannot quantify play. You cannot quantify creativity. You cannot quantify all the things children learn organically. And and we shouldn't have to. (sighs) We shouldn't. No. Okay. I'm interested in your book. 
because I think this is going to be a very, very, very valuable resource for early childhood educators. So the book is called Spark a Revolution in Early Child or Early Education. I'm going to start over because we need to get this title out right. (laughs) Spark a Revolution in Early Education, Speaking Up for Ourselves and the Children. Yes, yes. We need a voice. You know, we educators in general haven't had a voice, but early childhood educators, they've been really quiet. And then they really haven't had to, you know, until the politicians started looking at us. Gosh, weren't those the good old days before they paid any attention to early childhood education? Yeah. Uh Yeah. We're the good old days. So tell me what people are going to be able to find in your book. In the first half of it, I um, debunk the four myths that I think are having the greatest negative impact on early childhood education and the children. Um, And one of them is the idea that playtime is not productive time because that's just wreaking havoc on early childhood Mm -hmm. education and why so many parents are asking for more academics that and the belief that earlier is better. Oh, they all, they all intertwine, you know, these myths. And from my research, I know that when you debunk a myth or try, you know, you have to replace the myth with facts in people's minds. So I'm giving them the facts. Um, Amazing. The second half of the book, we talk about speaking up with parents and with administrators and policymakers. So it's, um, you know, it's an, it's an advocacy tool, but I don't want that word to anybody, you know, I think advocacy, well, at least like from my own understanding way back when I first started with play, the word advocacy sounds political. Like it has a political connotation to it. And that can be very scary for some people. Well, as though you're going to have to go testify before Congress, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, there are no. much smaller ways to advocate and Be- become a champion. What are some of those like simple ways that we can become a champion slash advocate? Well, you know, I talk about using our words. We, we say we tell children to use their mm-hmm. words. And and I think language, obviously, as a writer, I think language is very important. So we're not just anything. We're not just a preschool teacher. We're not just playing. Um, mm, yes. Childcare, not daycare. Uh, you know, we are early childhood professionals or educators or teachers. I, you know, I heard someone describe herself on TV as a daycare worker and I wanted to weep because I feel like that there's no shame in, in being, you know, in that profession. But that I can hear the just before that. I'm just a daycare, yeah. you know, where it is childcare and you are a professional. You are in, my gosh, this morning I saw something from the New York Post, I mean, the, the Washington Post. Somebody had posted it on Twitter that childcare professionals are paid, I think it was 50 cents less than animal care people. Now I love animals, but hello. Yeah. You know, this is so wrong. So yes, we have to we have to speak like professionals and we have to tell our stories. We have to speak with pride. Someone asks you what you do for a living, you tell them you're an early childhood educator and 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 maybe 
speak with passion about why you chose the field and why it matters so much. And I mean, you don't have to be giving lectures, you know, if you have the chance to talk to someone in the line at the DMV or you know whatever, I do it all the time. If I'm on hold, I was on hold with tech support for something or other. I think it was the, the TV and I could hear a little girl. And I said, oh, you have a daughter? And she said, yeah, she's four years old. And off I went, you know. Aww. So we started talking about her preschool um, experiences. And I just, you know, whenever I can. So, yeah. so those are simple ways yes. that we can do it. And then I mentioned a couple of the ways that we can address play with, with, um, with parents. And um, we do have to get the parents on our side. Yeah, if we we're going to change the policies because look at how they've changed the landscape from play-based to academics based, mm-hmm. you know, so they can go the other way, it can go the other way around. If we get them on our side, if we help them understand how valuable, you know, the play is. So yeah, there, there are lots of what I call quiet and loud ways to become a champion. Um, so the title of your book like I, I have like imagery of things in my head that's very vivid. And so the title of your book makes me see a whole bunch of people in like warrior costumes, like <laughs> warrior garb, um, all standing together and they're squishy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The um, cover of my book is bright and colorful and beautiful. And the teacher on it is wearing a cape. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, look at I have always trust your cape sitting <laughs> right behind me on my wall. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> always trust your cape. Yeah, I have it on a, a tattoo on my arm as well. Have you listened to the song the cape by guy clark i have not you should listen to it after this it is like my it's like my life song okay all about it's all about um well it starts the song starts out as a it's an eight-year-old boy and he ties a flower sack cape around his neck and takes big risks and then it fought like the next verse follows him into early adulthood and then the last one is him as old and gray and he's still jumping off the garage and will be till he's dead is what the um, lyrics oh, are. Goosebumps all over yeah. my butt. It's an amazing song. And it just, I actually um, use it in a lot of my, when I go and speak with people, I actually play the song. And then that's kind of how we end the day because I want early childhood educators to take risks. And it is risky it feels risky for early childhood educators to be advocates because you have yeah. to like be vocal a little bit. And it's really hard. There's a fear, I think, in this day and age of being fighting for something you believe in because there's so many people who want to fight against it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. with social media, it's really, really hard. And you almost have to put on that warrior. You have to put on that warrior garb in order to like deflect some of that and you have to like really sometimes it feels uncomfortable to be an advocate for something that seems like renegade or seems against what society as a whole believes so it can be so scary so I think having this this book full of 
ideas and strategies and debunking the myths and um, like replacing that with actual facts is going to be so helpful for early childhood educators. Gosh, I hope so. I mean, I've been trying to make a difference for almost 43 years. (laughs) I think this is going to, you're going to spark a revolution. Oh gosh. Thank you. Okay. Now you told me a little bit about this before we started chatting and I got really excited about it because um, I think it's so needed. So you told me that you are going to be starting a membership kind of based on this idea of sparking a revolution. Will you tell me more about that? I will, um, because I think that, you know, I love the book, if I may say so myself. Oh, of course. Um, but there are many books that I love and, and you know, you read it and you get excited and and then it's it's hard to follow up with that. You know, what are you supposed to do with it? So I wanted to do a membership um, program that is called Spark a Revolution a league of champions so that people won't feel alone. So, because there is strength in numbers, you know, and because we need to support one another and uh, everyone who joins will get a free digital copy of the book. And there'll be monthly webinars for a year and, you know, that expand on the content in the book with suggested action steps uh, because, you know, a lot of people say, okay, so now what? So yeah. I offer some now what's and um, yeah, you know, there'll be a Facebook page dedicated to it so that we can discuss and, and ask questions and answer them. And, you know, it's, um, it's just taking that, that step beyond, beyond the book. Um, I, I just, the revolution must come. <laughs> And I can feel it bubbling. I know there's many early childhood advocates, play-based learning advocates out there, early childhood advocates in general, who are already doing the work, but we need it more. We need more. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is sort of a, I don't know, grassroots approach. and Amazing. yeah. I where can mean, people where can people sign up for the membership and where can they find your book? Uh, well, Redleaf Press is publishing the book and um, raypika.com is where you can find, you know, much more about me than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> there will be a link to the membership program there. Um, it will be housed on at raypika.teachable.com. But, okay. you know, all you really need to remember is raypika.com and yeah, to, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really excited about it. I can it. tell you're on fire about this. Yeah, it's good. It's good because, you know, sometimes it wears you down, right? Yeah, it's, it does. Fighting for this field can really wear you down. And that's the other thing. You know, I think that um, becoming a champion can empower you and gosh knows power is not something we typically associate with you know with ourselves in this field yeah. mm-hmm. so it's time it's time amazing do you have any last things that you want to add 
Well, I do want to say that, you know, I have a, a free resource library for early childhood professionals. It has 20 downloadable guides. And actually, one of them um, can be handed to parents. It's called Why Your Child Needs to Play. And there are a lot of um, active learning ideas and, you know, I don't remember stuff. <laughs> okay. And one of the resources that you have, um, I utilized very heavily when I was the director of a program, you have um, letters to parents. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, I have seven reproducible letters, um, one page, yes. you know, on messages that early childhood professionals asked me to, to share uh, why play matters why earlier is not better, why we don't use worksheets. Those are just three of the topics. And those, along with six reproducible brochures to administrators or policymakers, are free with membership. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that's big. Yeah. The $70 and $60 values. Yes. Yeah, I just want to do whatever I can. Oh my goodness. Oh, Ray, you are sparking a revolution and you are such a light in the early childhood education field. Your name comes up in every single one of my talks as an amazing resource. All of your your books, like what if everybody understood? Child development. Yeah. And then the other one, what's the name of it? What if we taught the way children learn? And plus you have many more, but those are the two that really resonate with me as an early childhood play-based learning advocate. Um, they come up. That's like one of my top resources for- You have time. quite the following because when you showed a page from what if everybody understood child development on Instagram, yeah, my sales went up. You know, oh! <laughs> You really, people- people listen to you. Oh, that's really yeah. neat. Do you know what's really cool is it, it's interesting too, how it is not just early childhood educators who, um, pick up that book and read it because I actually had an acquaintance who I did CrossFit with five years ago, who follows my page she saw it. She's a mom of young kids and she bought it. And then she tagged me, she tagged me in it and said, Oh my gosh, like, I can't stop reading this. Really? Yes. So I had a sense that there were parents reading it, but I, wow. Yeah. That's that's. And she was blown away. So like, she was like this, it just makes so much sense. And it's like, sometimes it just takes you can hear things over and over again, but sometimes it just takes somebody like really saying like, here's the myth, here's the facts to back it up and here's what to do about it. And that's what you do. You're so good at that. And so it really helps. It helps people to then say, yeah, that makes so much sense. And to settle in and and just hear it it too, though, you know, you have to be in in that place where you're ready to hear it. I mean, because I've heard things over and over and over again before something finally clicked you know and I thought oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's like the it has to it might just take a different way of hearing it to get it so much for telling me that that means Mm -hmm. the world to me oh you're always such a joy to have on the podcast I appreciate you and the work that you're doing go to raypika.com to get all of the cool info and all the resources and to sign up for her membership and your book is available 
today, November 30th. So where can they go to get your book? Uh, well, you will get it free with membership or yeah. um, go to Redleaf or Amazon, you know, whatever, wherever you prefer to to buy your books. I don't sell the books, you know, on the website. So okay. I describe them there. I mean, uh, yeah. Amazing. Uh, All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. You take care and we'll have you on again. I'm sure you're going to write more books. So um, <laughs> we'll have you on again. I have been asked to submit a proposal to another publisher. And oh. that's uh, way on the back burner right now because there's other stuff going on. But yeah, yeah, I said no at first and then I got the tingles. tingles. <laughs> Well, I want to be the first to know when the next set of tingles hits because I <laughs> always love what you put out. So thanks, Kristen. It's so much Thanks, fun Ray. to talk to you. Yeah, you take care. You too. Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.